Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. I'm joined by two fine gentlemen. Uh, Jay, how you doing, bro? Yeah, all good, Shems, my bro. All good. And Alexis, it's been a while since you've been on the pod. How you doing? I'm all right, bro. Outside of football, very happy. Football life, not so great. Yeah, I can um, I can second that, to be honest with you. Everything outside of football is actually pretty great, to be honest with you, in my life. <laughs> so, um, you know, sometimes you just got to take a step back and just... Remember the bigger picture, yeah? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, be sure to follow the socials um, to check our Touchline Frackers. Um, main pod drops on Sunday, every Sunday, as you will know. If you don't know, you probably believe it under a rock. And then we have got the club pods every single day of the week, starting with Muga on Mondays and Spurs Order on Saturdays. But you probably already know that. So let's just dive into what's really important, and that is Chelsea. Um, so before we get into um another loss at the weekend, let's let's look ahead to Saturday. No, sorry, Sunday, Sunday, 2 p.m. Uh, we've got Brighton at home. So Brighton currently have only won one 
in their last eight Premier League games. And we have actually not beaten them in our last four Premier League meetings. So last season, we lost both games, 2-1 and 4-1. The season before that, we drew both games 1-1. So a little bit of a bogey team here. When I think Brighton, you know, Brighton were doing some really good things on the uh, especially last season. They were fantastic. This season, they've had a few injuries. And as I said, they've not been in great form. They're still above us in the table, though. Um, but, yeah, we meet them on Sunday. So how are you guys feeling about that game? Um, obviously, considering we come off the back of quite a heavy defeat. Um, but before that, we were picking up some form. So it's a bit of a tricky one to kind of predict where the team's at. So, so, so Jay, I'm going to start with you. How are you feeling about that game? Um, it's at the bridge. Um, obviously, yeah. it's not been good. How, how are you feeling about that game? Yeah, like, we'll, we'll speak about the Newcastle game in more detail later, but I've tried not to take too much from it because I feel like not only am I kind of expecting this team to have dips every now and again, like, in the season, but... I don't think the international break came at a perfect time for us. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually expecting the team to bounce back quite well against Brighton. Um, I know they're still a good team. Uh, they still play really good football. I think they're going to have their threats on the day as well in terms of like, you know, Matoma. I'm pretty sure he's like, he's fit. I'm pretty sure Evans is fit as well. So they're gonna have they're gonna have their threats and they're probably gonna have their moments in the match as well where where they look quite dangerous. But it's gonna be up to Chelsea to kind of you know bounce back from that terrible terrible performance like on the weekend. Because the other thing is as well, I think that that's probably the worst I've seen us play like easily this season. So um, yeah, I'm 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 actually I think. The way we played against them in the cup, I think if you wanted to take any way, anything away from it, you could probably say that we kind of fielded a team that probably wasn't as settled as the team we've got now. And we still did OK in that game. So you can kind of take some positives from it and say, you know, it might be it might be a thing where we where we're able to kind of dominate that game. But um, like I said, Brighton play good football. So it's going to be interesting to see how Poch kind of sets up against them um, with with like a, a stronger team. I think the Zerbi's probably going to field a stronger team for yeah. the for this game. Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. I think the Carabao Cup game, I think we, we were quite comfortably better than them. Um, actually, Baron, if I remember correctly, the first 20, 20 or so minutes were a bit shaky. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. I was trying to like remember yeah. how the game went a bit, but I do remember us being quite comfortable for, for like most parts of it. So yeah, so the, yeah, the first like twenty minutes was very shaky. Like Sanchez kept on kicking the ball out of play. Yeah, um, charity, charity mode, Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we were we were quite low on confidence because um, if I remember correctly, we had just lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, but I think we grew into the game and and handled them really really well. I think Matoma was was largely nullified that game. I think Matoma was actually injured because he wasn't in the squad for the game against Nottingham Forest. Um, mm-hmm. The game in which. Jao Pedro bagged two goals and so did Evan Ferguson. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Esther Pinion is a long-term casualty. Um, he was really good at Stanford Bridge last season, so I'm glad he won't be playing. Um, so, yeah, ba- um, I've got to come over to you, Alexis. I was just about to call you Babs for some strange reason. Um, how are you <laughs> feeling about the game, Alexis? <laughs> I'm good, bro. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest. I really fluctuate with this Chelsea side. I like what I see. And then... They almost 
sell me the stock. I'll buy heavy. Like, for example, after the Arsenal performance, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm starting to see something. We're going to be good. We get slapped by Brentford. Then Spurs, Man City, I'm like, okay, hopefully this is the catapult to our season. Newcastle happens. So we're going to see, like, fluctuations in our form. I just hope we go through like a little bit of a portion of a season where we have four or five games where we're semi-consistent and hopefully it starts now. I'll be honest, I, I am a bit worried that it might not start this weekend. I just think Brighton are a very good, very good team. And if I'm scared, the boys might come a bit too eager, trying to trying to force it too quick, a little bit too eager to just right the wrong of last week. You know, they're sitting on it for eight days, two days off, back to training, double session today, apparently. So they made up for the one day off before people carry on having a hissy fit. But, <laughs> like, man, it's going to be a good tactical battle. Um, and I think Brighton aren't scared of us. So that might play into our hands. But it's really sad that we're going into Brighton at home and I'm really, really, like, not optimistic about... No, it's not sad at all. It's the reality. You know, we've been a mid-table team for the best part of the year now. Just we don't need to hide. So, um, and we've not we've not picked up a string of wings for the best part of eighteen months now. So, yeah, yeah there's no need to hide. Uh, Lewis Dunk has also got sent off against. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he won't, he won't be playing at the weekend. But um, sorry, yeah, you make a good point, Alexis. I think yeah, obviously Brighton will come out. Um, so. We, as we all know, we play better against teams that come out. Um, so hopefully that should leave um, a little bit of gaps for us to exploit. You know, the likes of Palmer, who are good in the pockets, um, to hopefully exploit that. So yeah, this isn't uh, this is a Brighton team that obviously is very well drilled, but they're missing some key players. They're quite uh, weak, bro. When you when yeah, you yeah. Out, like the I'm, I'm, Lewis Dunk is massive, bro. Like that's... yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to see why they haven't won more than one game in their last eight. Um, but yeah, Lewis Dunk will be a big miss for them. Um, but I think there's another thing you said as well, Alexis. I think it was, you said um, you're scared the boys might be a bit eager. I think, I, I think the way I think obviously Poch his press conference, he was very angry, and it kind of reminded me last, not not, not last season, the season before last when two cool. It was like when we played Real Madrid at home in mm. the Champions League. Tuchel was very angry after the game. And I remember he kind of laid into the players. And then the following game, we came out and we battered Southampton 7-0. So, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like sometimes when the manager lays into the players a little bit, it does bring a reaction. And I think it could happen this weekend. Do you, do you know uh, what? It wouldn't surprise me if that happened, sorry, is what I mean, sorry. But yeah, go on. Yeah, do, do you know what? The thing is as well, like, I agree with what you're saying with the with the press conference and the way he's addressed it. Because throughout the season, he's never really kind of put it on the players like that because he's he's often been quite pleased with a lot of what he's seen in the games and he's kind of put it down to whether it be you know them not knowing each other enough or um you know a slight bit of like you know a little bit of luck don't go your way or something like that there have been goals that we've conceded that have still been poor but he's kind of seen it as you know what we were trying to work on these things but the Newcastle game was very different in it and like I said we'll get into it later but I just think it's going to be a thing against Brighton where the boys are going to come out and what they'll do is, I think Alexis is right in a way, they will be eager, but I don't think they'll be eager to the point where they'll be doing silly things. I think they'll be eager in a point where they'll come out in front of the home fans and they'll show that the commitment against Arsenal wasn't a fluke. 
the commitment against Spurs, the commitment against City, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just because they were big games. They're going to want to show that this is what we, we want to do on a consistent basis. Do you get what I'm saying? And unfortunately on the weekend, that didn't happen. But the boys have shown that they're capable of it. They're capable of outworking the team. They're capable of rising the work rate and the intensity to the level that it needs to be at for them to win a game against the top side. Do you get what I'm saying? Or, you know, at least compete against that top side. Because obviously the Arsenal game ended a draw, the City game ends a draw. But, you know, a lot of the time you play like that, you should be walking away with three points in a lot of games this season. So, yeah, I think it's it's a tough one in terms of, I, I get what you mean by the, with the eagerness and that, because you might be trying to force things and trying to score early and do these kind of things. And you might be forcing it, making making silly mistakes. But I don't know. I think, I think Brighton will be going into it a bit wary as well, considering the way we've lost against Newcastle. They're going to know that we want to make a statement. Do you understand? Like coming yeah. back into this game. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I just can't get too optimistic because yeah, in fact, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're just way too inconsistent. So, like, I, I don't really know. And the goals are still an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, scoring goals or conceding goals. Both. Yeah, we can get into it. We can get into it. Um, but yeah, just to find out, just to wrap up on this this point, I think I think also Alexi, you said something. You said um, made a point about um, trying to get some wins together and um, hopefully, like, hoping it starts soon. And I think that's a valid point because even though it's been a bad season so far, it's not it's not irrecoverable at that point. It's not at that irrecoverable stage just yet. Um, we've lost five games. We're twelve points off the top four. Um, and we're still in, we're just hitting December now, so we're hitting the halfway point in about five weeks. So you're really looking at from now to the end of the year, you know, if you can pick up, start picking up points, you know, and I, I don't even, I can't, it's hard for me to really <laughs> say ifs and buts because, like, I'm, I'm so, it's very hard for me to be optimistic right now, but I, I hear what Alex is saying in the sense that, you know, there's still time to kind of recover what's been what's happened. I think it got to a stage on the Potter or last season where like we had lost so many games and it was just it actually was just irrecoverable. But we're not there yet. So um if and it's a big if if the team can go on a run, um and we're coming to the end of the difficult fixtures, then um, you know, when, come come about February time, you could be in a much, much better position, I would say. Um Bro, we've got seven games coming up now, right? To, till the 20 game game week 20. If you look at them on paper with traditional Chelsea, I'm not even saying like just what we've grown up on. Outside of Manchester United, they like we should be looking at them. Okay, we can actually out of seven games secure 18 points and that's just assuming we'll lose to Man United at Old Trafford. Like because you've got a Luton in there, you have a Fulham in there, you have a Sheffield in there, you have an Everton in there. Like bottom half teams that are yeah. like 15 or to 20. So we should yeah. be capitalising. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, obviously, we had a similar run at the beginning of the season, but as we spoke yeah. about many times on this pod, Poch, Poch's tactics were were really handicapping us, so we couldn't beat those teams. Um, but then again, those are the teams that we struggle against most because they sit back, etc. Um, But then again, on the flip side, your Lutons and your Sheffield United, they're, they're really, really struggling to pick up wins. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting for, for sure. Um, so, uh, everyone's eager to talk about Saturday. So, let's get into Saturday. Um, a 4-1 defeat to Newcastle. 
Um, I feel like St. James's Park is really our bogey ground, to be honest with you. Um, we tend to lose there more often than not. Uh, I personally went into the game with no hope, no optimism. I didn't think it was going to win. Um, so when what ha- when, when what happened happened, I wasn't moved. When Sterling scored, I wasn't moved. <laughs> I, I I didn't. I don't think I felt anything throughout the whole game. <laughs> to be honest with you, um, I turned off after Reese James got sent off. Uh, but yeah, it was just it was a weird game for me. It was just a, for me it was a nothing game because I just felt nothing. Do you know what? Do you know what I mean? I don't know if any of you can relate, but I was watching that game and I felt nothing. Um, just like literally because I had no hope before the game. Um, and I was watching the way we were playing. And even though we had some nice sequences in the midfield, we ne- apart from one occasion when Enzo got shot on for target, they were never in areas that could really hurt Newcastle. So I was watching the game, watching the game, I was thinking we're not actually doing anything. Um, I agree with Poch. I think it was actually one of our worst performances that we've played um, in, a, in, a, in a while. Um, because and the main reason for that was the lack of control. The lack of control was was just proper making me sick. Um, the lack of control and the ill discipline; those were the two things that were making that game just mm-hmm. really a nothing game for me. That's why I felt nothing throughout the whole game. Because I was watching, and I was just like, "Yeah, we're not going to do anything here." Do you know what I mean? Um, this, it's just not going to happen for us today. I could see it from very very early on, um, and I still felt the same way even after we equalized. Uh, great goal by Sterling, by the way. So, yeah, that's how I felt. And I think the second half in particular was very irritating because you cannot keep giving Trippier the chance to whip the ball into the box. Like, I think the beginning of the second half, how many fouls did we give away? If we could count it. Like, it was so many. Um, and Bro, Sterling thing- gave away two in 270 seconds. Like, yeah, three Sterling, minutes. Sterling. Uh, Sorry, go on. I saw, I saw a, like, a comp the other day and it was like... Sterling gave two identical fouls. Yep. And it and the second one led to a goal. Like it was just yeah. it was petulance from an experienced player, which makes no sense. It was it was it, they all had it though. It was him, um Ugutuku, um Rich James, uh who else? All of them were just Gallagher as well. All of them were just giving away fouls in the most stupid areas, the most dangerous areas all game, giving away. I was just like, this this isn't real. Like, I was watching, I was like, this this can't be real. Um, so, yeah, I was largely checked out for most of the game because what I was watching was just making me really sick, to be honest with you. Um, Jay, how did you find the game? <laughs> how did you feel throughout? <laughs> um, yeah, man. man, this... This game was easily like I think, like like Pot said, it, it's definitely our worst performance. Like so easily, you can see so many reasons why it is. Um, I think in the first half, I actually don't think anybody was that good. Like both teams, I thought I thought it was just a, it was just really poor. Like, and if there real, if, if there was any kind of quality, and this is what was disappointing for me. If there was any type of like little bit of quality in the game in the first half, it was actually some of our moves leading towards their goal. That was like bit like moments where you saw like bits of quality. Newcastle hadn't really done much. I don't I don't I don't remember them doing um many things. I think we gave away silly free kicks and and we gave the gave away a few corners, one which led to Joe Linton like missing a header that he probably should have um put away. Uh, I think that just went wide. But 
yeah, I think we had the Enzo chance. We had the Gallagher chance where Gallagher kind of chops a, he chops one guy and then he's got he's got the whole goal to him. Do you know what I mean? It's just him and the keeper, I think. And he he just, I don't know, once again, like with Gallagher, which is so weird this season, but he just doesn't seem, he seems to have traded like his, his shooting boots for this defensive like <laughs> capability that he's got this season to, to just hunt down everything. But it's like, yes, yeah, I think Badia Shield had a header as well. That was um, it was it was a pretty good chance for somebody like him who's who's quite tall and and has got a good leap on him, good header of the ball. So, yeah, Chelsea could have left that half in a much better position, to be honest with you. Um, and we haven't done that enough this season. Where even if we're not playing well, we we take the chances that we're given and and you know we try and leave with one or two goals in the half. But like I said, all season other teams are doing that to us. Do you know what I mean? They're not doing much, but they're they're getting one or two goals and they're leaving with three points, so they're leaving with a point. Um, big moments like that change games, and Chelsea just haven't been taking enough of those moments this season. Whether we deserve it or not, we haven't been doing that. And that Newcastle game was kind of like a game where you needed to do that as well, because like you said, Shems, like that game is just a horrible game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's one of them games where you know, when you get those moments, you just, you, you have to grab them because it's like, you know, this game's just going to be messy. We're not going to get to play the way we want to play. For sure. You know oh, we did, but to be honest, we grabbed one through Sterling. Like, you know. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, we did, but we could have more, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you. Like, obviously, we ended the half. To be honest, to end the half 1-1, I thought we were quite fortunate. I'm not going to lie to you. Um... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Because I just didn't feel like I was doing anything. So I was actually... Yeah, but you're saying fortunate, but I would argue we were unlucky not to be ahead. Like, we did have a few chances, half chances, but yeah. it was poor execution. It wasn't a poor quality of chance. It was yeah. poor execution to why we, we're not saying that was a good chance. Like, Gallagher going through like that, Joe Linton scored his when Thiago made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. He put it yeah. on target. Yeah. Gallagher yeah, didn't. Sure. And then there was the Enzo chance. If that goes in, we're dancing. Straight after half time, there was a crazy chance that Jackson had. I think Sterling flicked it to him, yeah. smash it on the half volley, smash it on the volley. Yeah. See, here's why I differ. Yeah, the fact that he didn't shoot to me, that's not, I, I can't really class that as a chance because he didn't shoot. 
you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, for me, like, I'm going to come over to you, um, Alexis. I'm going to give you the floor properly in a second, yeah? Um, but I, I personally have to disagree. I don't feel like there was enough moments in that game that made me feel like, that that made me feel aggrieved. When when Newcastle scored, when Newcastle went 2-1 up, I said, that's it. The game is done. Like, because I, because we weren't creating, I didn't feel like we were creating enough. Um, no, 100%. Half. Second half is completely and, different, though. And I knew we, and I knew that wasn't going to change. Do you know what I'm saying? There yeah. wasn't enough moments in that game for me. The Gallagher chance, <sighs> yeah, he should do better. Um, he, sh- he should definitely do better. But for me, I'm not saying that's a clear-cut chance. It's no, no, it's not. Chance. It's not. The Enzo it's chance not. wasn't even a clear-cut chance. It was great football. Yeah. Um, um, we worked it into a good position and he took a nice shot. Nice. Good work. But that was it. That was honestly it. We didn't create anything after that. Do you know what I'm saying? But, but do you know what? You know what, James? What I will say is there was quite a few times as well, though, where Sterling and Jackson were getting like they were they were getting it in transition, and Newcastle it was kind of like two v three, or sometimes it was two v two, and again they they just weren't doing a lot with the opportunities they had. But then when Newcastle were getting those same opportunities, we kind of just looked all over the place. Like we were, we were like. I wouldn't say we were just all over the place, but they were just a little bit more potent and a little bit more threatening. Do you know what I mean? Like, too many times I saw Sterling get the ball and he's... I don't know where he's tried to go with it, but he's just ended up kind of just losing it because he's either run out of steam or I don't know why he hasn't tried to take the last man on or whatever, but he just doesn't want to do that. He's tried to come across to Jackson or something. And um, and I just think, like, with that, I say I, I feel like... Like I said, first half, I was more talking about where we had chances. Second half, I agree. We we didn't do anything to kind of show that we were going to, you know, kind of get back into the game or go ahead at any point. So I do hear you on that. Like, I'm not saying we deserved anything from the game. I'm just saying sometimes in games like that, when you end up like playing, having a poor game, it's moments like in the first half where if you can try and make the most of those moments, you might be okay and you might walk away with something. Alexis, I'm gonna give the floor to you to to say how you felt about the game, generally. I echo a lot of what you guys said regarding the first mid, like first half. There were, it was we got into areas where, Shams, like you said, we didn't get the shot off, but execution didn't allow us to. Like it was poor, it was rash, it was sloppy. But what we saw in the second half especially after we conceded the goal and Silva made the mistake. There was no hope at like for me at 3-1 because I saw what the, the players' reactions was. The petulance went to another level. They were just there to, all right, let's run this clock down, let's kick the crap out of everyone. When in reality, we saw a fight against Manchester City. We saw an element of going behind against Spurs. It could have been 2-0 and they were still up for the fight. And so for me, it was... I was very disappointed, more not with the performance and losing, because I expect it from a young team. It was the manner of the defeat. So it was Reese James, for me, getting an unnecessary second yellow. The first one, you kick the ball away. Be smart. It was unnecessary to drag him back there. Like, sometimes you just have to go, all right, we're going to live with what happens here. Because there's still 20 minutes left on the clock. We can change our fortunes. Then Kukureya reckless challenges it's just trying to get us to nine men like the all-round performance it was honestly i i was disgusted like and i i'm not using that word lightly with the last half an hour i've watched 
But then after the game, I sat back and thought about it. The Brentford performance, we didn't create anything in the second half, apart from that one last chance where I think Jackson missed. We saw that against West Ham, where in the second half, we just died out of energy. We saw that against Forest. Maybe it's something like, I don't want to go forensic. Like Maybe it's, this is just the pains we have to go through with a young team where they're going to learn to deal with adversity when they go 2-1 down or they fall behind. But because I'm a bit confused at the moment with what, why everything changes the minute they go back behind. They just play your normal game. There's still time left on the clock. You, you show it in some moments, but then you you go down like a different av- avenue of not trying at times. That's what you can come across as. I think Shem's, yeah. Shem's made a good point about, um, I think he was talking about like the way we were kind of trying to like close them down and stuff like that at times and like how it was like so half-hearted like if you look if if you looked at the way we were trying to shut them down when they had the ball I think in the second half especially the way we allowed Bruno to get on the ball in that game oh man I haven't been disgusted like that in a while because you've got players on your team that can actually get the ball keep it on the ground and start playing do you know what I mean controlling the game like that, that for me, letting Bruno kind of control it the way he did with a 17-year-old in there and Joe Linton, who I don't really I don't really put up there as somebody that controls the game. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not somebody that will even contribute to you controlling the game like that possession-wise. He's okay, he's he's decent, but he's not a player that you look at and think, oh, it's gonna be tough to get the ball off him today. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that it was Bruno G that was kind of orchestrating the whole thing in midfield and the way we allowed him to do it, I think for me that was that was a very disappointing, disappointing display from the midfield because that's the only way Newcastle were really gonna have a stranglehold in the game is if Bruno played well because I didn't really see anybody else getting the ball and doing what he was doing. Do you get what I'm saying? He was getting the ball, he was getting tackles in, he was he was switching play, he was making sure it was going to Gordon when it needed to, he was getting it out to Almiron when he needed to, and. Even when it went out to those guys, I kept looking at the the same switch of play, and I spoke about this before the game, right? There's this switch of play that happens, and it just seems like our midfield kind of just watch it happen. And it's, hap- it's happened since pre-season. So if I take you all the way back to pre-season against Newcastle, yeah, that goal where Kukurea steps out too quickly and Almiron gets, gets, um, gets in on goal and obviously slots it away. The same move has happened a load of times this season. It's happened so many times. The ball goes to the left winger, they pass it back, goes into a midfielder, the midfielder switches it. And for some for some reason, we are so, so, so slow in reacting to it that it, it ends up being a very dangerous situation in terms of us conceding. So that you've got the Almiron goal, you've got the Kulusevski goal, um, against against us when we play Spurs. Um, I think Newcastle done it a load of times on the weekend. I've seen it done against... I've seen it happen against Arsenal a load of times where Saka was getting the ball in the second half. Like, it's it's scary the way sometimes we we are set up when teams are in possession and, and you're, you're watching moves develop and then you're watching us react. Some of it is a bit too... It's a bit too slow for me and sometimes a bit too passive. And and I think, like, I don't know what Poch is going to 
like Poch is obviously going to need to work on things in terms of how this team reacts to, um, you know, teams in transition and 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 you know when when teams are in possession of the ball, we do need to be set up a little bit better because it just seems a bit too easy at times for teams to kind of go at us. And I think he's putting a lot of pressure as well on the defenders for them to, you know, defend well and be rock solid. But really and truly, like I remember I've, I've looked at the midfield at times and there's like, I'm I'm struggling to see who really is meant to be sitting back because Connor's pressing, sometimes Caicedo's pressing, Enzo might be up there. So it's, I don't know, that that part for me, like I said, the Bruno, Bruno G controlling the game the way he did, I think that was the biggest disappointment for me. I think you can't let somebody of that, kind of calibre just waltz around in the midfield and have time on the ball and you know he doesn't have an individual battle where he's like really struggling on the day because who was really trying to get into Bruno G on the day if you like remember the game like who was really trying to trouble him yeah no, no one, one no one I think Connor tried Connor and Joe Linton had a little battle here that's what I'm saying but but the thing is guys like Joe Linton bro <laughs> they don't matter in terms of like winning the game do you get what I'm saying? The, like, I just looked at them and felt I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was trying to see who was responsible for this guy today. Because if Poch goes into that game and he doesn't give somebody the responsibility of stopping that guy from playing, for me, that's very scary. That's, a, that's just a basic for that game, in my opinion. I'm not a manager. I'm not a coach. But the first thing I would have said, I don't know about you, Shems, but the first thing I would have said is don't let, don't let this guy dictate the game today, please. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I mean, definitely, but I think I don't know, man. Yeah, no, you are right. You, you're, you're right. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Is it to do with maybe the makeup? You know, which it could be in there. Yeah, yeah. Instead of um, Kaiseido. Um, but am I being harsh? Because I can't remember. I haven't watched back the game, so forgive me if I'm like yeah. maybe being a bit too harsh. But like, I just remember times I was seeing Bruno go across it like he was picking up the ball dribbling across the midfield passing it out to the wingers getting receiving it back from the mid uh, from the winger passing it to the other side and i'm thinking bro like who's responsible to stop this guy from doing this because they're just watching him do it like mm. literally yeah yeah you know what was really alarming as well um yeah. that and it's the midfield again um you know their first goal when the ball went out uh, so the cross comes in and then all of a sudden uh, Gordon picks it up he picks uh, he carries it out and all three of our midfielders are very top heavy towards the right hand side of the pitch so one pass goes into Miley and all of a sudden he's unmarked and you just see Ogachukwa flying out of the back three uh, back, uh, the two in between the centre halves because he was so deep I feel like at times maybe it is an experience or maybe like we're just seeing him have a bad game because he's 19 and this is what's going to happen. Like, he'll have great games and then bad games. I felt sometimes he was a bit too deep and almost it could have been to help with the aerial presence of when those crosses were coming in. Maybe that was an instruction or maybe I'm overanalyzing every goal and every attack now because that's what we tend to do, right, when we lose. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I think it was off day all round. I think tactically individually just as a collective was just a really off day for us um i don't and yeah newcastle played relatively well um but you know i think i don't think they were fantastic by any means um, i just think we were so poor so 
yeah, it, it, it is what it is, really. Um, I do want to talk about two individuals, though. So um, <laughs> I might as well talk about Reese James because you mentioned him and I was going to mention him as well. Um, yeah, Reese James, I think, is the best right back in the world, personally. Um, closely followed by Trent. But I do think the kid needs to grow up a little bit. And I think, you know, like the whole kicking the ball away and it's just, it's just, the, in, again, the indiscipline kind of thing. Um, and it seems to be kind of like a habit with Rich James because even in like the big games, like Champions League ties or whatever, like I'm always, a part of me is always a little bit worried that he might do something silly to get sent off. Um, mm. And obviously again, last week, you know, sorry, not last week, on Saturday, um, I just think the kicking the ball away thing, like the players have been briefed on that. That's the yellow card, do you know what I'm saying? And, I just feel like he always has this petulance in him. And I just feel like it needs to be stamped out, to be honest with you, because now you're going to miss another game, right? You've already missed eight games this season. You're going to miss another game. Um, and it's like, you are actually one of our best players and we don't get to see you. We don't get to see you play yeah. <laughs> more often than not. So and it's really, really frustrating. Frustrate, frustrating. Um, because like I said, on ability, I think the kid's clear in this position. But I think he needs to stamp out that that indiscipline. I don't know what you guys think. No, I agree. I agree because I think even in the city game, I think it was probably a it was going to be a harsh. Um, it was probably going to be a harsh red card. But I think he elbows one of the guys as he jumps up, doesn't he? Like, nah, nah, like he, didn't, he didn't elbow him. It what, was. What um, was it? I remember seeing the replay, and it just wasn't. <laughs> what it was. It was. It was. A, they were making a meal of it, innit? Yeah, they're like, making me. Yeah, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, I thought so. All right, cool. Yeah, I was I wasn't sure whether or not it was um a thing or not. But all right, cool. So we can X that one out. But even against Spurs, I think um he was doing something silly in Spurs game as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know, everybody that knows me knows I ain't trying to make this up because I'm probably one of his biggest fans, isn't it? But like I do I definitely agree with the whole Reese thing. Like Reese does silly things, like someone will, will bump into him and and Sometimes he'll just stand there. He's like, you've yeah, got, yeah, yeah. got a bully mentality. He's got a bit of a bully mentality. Same now. thing Lauren did in the World Cup. I can imagine him doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> James, James has definitely, he's definitely got a bully mentality. And he's got this kind of, I don't want to say childish, because sometimes in, in football, you wind people up and stuff like that. And it is part of the game. But at the same time, you, with experience, you get better at it. But yeah. right now, he is showing the inexperience part of it like in terms of he doesn't know when the best times are to do it he's just doing it at random times when it hurts the team um and obviously it hurts us even more if we if he gets a red card and we don't see him for three games or we don't see him for one game so yeah. so with James yeah no I, I completely agree and I think it's something you have to do when you're a captain as well like at the exactly. end of the day, that's 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 another that's the biggest point as well. Yeah. Now he can't afford to keep doing this because yeah, just, your players fun. are looking at you. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. like Gallagher and all these guys are going to be running around you. They're going to be playing with intensity. They're going to be doing these things. They don't mind putting their foot into a challenge and doing these stuff, these kind of things. But if they see you getting overly aggressive, they might follow suit, and we might end up with nine men. Do you know what I mean? And we don't we don't really need that. We need guys to see a captain who, despite being young, can keep a like he, he can keep his cool, stay composed, show his quality, and then everybody else follows suit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then and and that and that's where you go from there. And that's that's all he needs to do, really, I think. 
I think he was frustrated, obviously, on the day. I think Gordon was winding them up a bit. I think the guys on the sideline, I seen him saying something to them as well. I think he was, I think they were winding was, them up. As well. He was beefing the um, the assistant coach. Like, yeah, there's no yeah, need for you to talk to an assistant coach. That's what I'm saying. Like, why is it so easy to get into him? <laughs> James is yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> just on my previous point, he he missed seven games with the hamstring injury, um, and now he's gonna miss the Brighton game. So that would be eight games. So he can only play a maximum of 30 games this season. He probably won't play the 30 games. So it'll be another season where Rich Games doesn't get 30 games in the Premier League season. It's interesting. Any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's nothing new, right? And I think we come to expect it from him. Hence why I think the acquisition of Gusto was integral. Because I yeah. trust Gusto. Yeah, so he's going to play. And like... I wouldn't want James to play 30 games purely based on the fact that we know he's brittle. Like, there's no need to run away from it. He he breaks down really quickly. So, if Gusto, if Gusto's showing you that similar level or the even the level that he, he's been showing, he doesn't do. Sorry, can I cut you there? I don't think he does. I think he's good. Yeah, he does. That's, that's what I was going to say. James is just another level. And my my yeah. issue with gross, uh, my issue with Gusto is his crossing is so crap. Like, but this is where you play a Matson at left. This is why I don't understand the exclusion of Matson because if you have Matson at left back, Gusto can be the more like the the one that hangs back, and yeah. it's as if you have three centre backs. Yeah, and then you have yeah. the other one bombing forward and being Reese James on the other side because we know Matson is technically gifted enough, and if anything, he feels more comfortable in, in the attacking third than he most probably does defensively. So yeah. this is why I think Poch could be a little bit more creative and utilize his squad a bit more. But yeah, I, I, James need yeah James needs to grow up. Like it's, it's as simple as that. You're a captain now. You're a leader. We don't have many like people leaders within the squad or elder statesmen. That's what he is at the age of twenty four, twenty five. Sadly, in our team at the moment, he's an <laughs> el- elder statesman. Like so, yeah. step up. I think you make a decent point because um, obviously when James plays. Uh, Kukurea is usually the one that hangs back a little bit. Um, I think Gosto, by the way, is is like obviously. I think he's a really good defender. Like he defends really, really well. And I think going forward, he's decent as well because um, obviously he's got he's, he's fast, so he can overlap and get. He's a really good dribbler as well. Yeah, he's a really good dribbler. So yeah. I just think his final ball just lets us just lets us down sometimes, and that's where James executes to a high level. Do you know what I'm saying? And not yeah. just crossing, passing as well. Like, James contributes so Finishing, much. passing, crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, Julian, you're a bum. I can't believe you said James has not had a good game against the top six. Like, <laughs> utterly, utterly ridiculous. Like, I just can't believe Liverpool fans. The way they were capping yeah. on Trent's performance again, on the weekend as well. I just, anyway, let me not digress. Let me not go on another rant, yeah? Otherwise, anyway. But yeah, James, yeah, not, not good. Anyway, yeah. um, the other individual I wanted to touch on was Jackson. So I you mentioned it. earlier the pod, Alexis. <laughs> um sorry, Julian's a bum man. Big bum. Um but yeah you mentioned it earlier you mentioned it earlier in the pod yet. Uh Jackson, the Jackson chance um that Sterling laid off to him. Yeah. Um so where are we at with Jackson? Because obviously Jackson um with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Had going into this game, he had four in his last two, um, six goals in, in in the Premier League. So I think I think it was six and eleven before Newcastle. So he'd be six and twelve now, which is still a pretty decent record. Um, but yeah, we saw more signs of ejection probably not being the shooter that we need um, because he didn't let off that, that shot that Stan laid off him, which was a really good opportunity. So, yeah, where, where are you guys at with, with Jackson? Um, I'll start with you, Alexis, because obviously he, it was going well. It's just it's just an up and down. It seems like, I don't know. He's a young purple patch yeah. striker. That, that, and that, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you signed. Like, this is it. I said it the other day. What would the club have done to him, in my opinion, is extremely, like, gross misconduct purely based on the fact you've brought him in to be the number one guy in a team where you have expectations of making top four prior to that uh, purple patch he had it at, at Villarreal he's never been consistent he's never been a goal scorer where a team counted on him so for us now to say a 22 year old needs to lead the line needs to be consistent consistent and getting goals and good link up playing performances is unreasonable and the problem is with our expectations, not with the player. What we're going to see from him is a good game, another good game, bad, 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 good. And then he'll go on, somehow end up with 15 goals. People are, people who look at the stat sheet will say, oh, look, that's a great ratio for the number of starts to goals ratio, the goals for the return. But the performances, we're always going to pinpoint like key moments when the game is tight and it doesn't go in our favor. And we're just going to have to ride the wave or Brogia's going to have to be a little <laughs> step up. But the problem is Brogia needs time as well. We've got two inexperienced strikers and we need to be honest and realistic about their current consistency levels and their their, their development at this stage. At least that's what I think. I think. I think the thing is, I think away from the consistency part and the age thing, yeah, I'm starting to... So I'm looking at all the current strikers that we have at the club, and I think you've got you've got Nkunku slash like obviously he can play a couple other positions, but he is probably classed as as well as a striker because he's he's been playing there the last couple of seasons. You've got Jackson and you've got Broya, right? But out of all three of them, it's it's Jackson who looks like he he. I'm starting to look at Jackson now, and the more I'm watching him the more I feel like he's missing a lot of traits for a striker. And that is the part for me that is a bit, I'm starting to get a bit worried about because 
like I agree that every player, you know, players can can get better, they can work on things, etc. But this this thing of him taking too many touches, I think that's that's very very that's like really frustrating, man. It's a massive massive part of his game, and it just seems to be so natural to him. Like it's not even like people will say, oh, you know, but he'll he'll take less touches, and that I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I look at the style of play, like, like I look at his style of play, I look at the way he plays, and he he seems like a player. He always wants to take that extra touch. He always wants to take. He always wants he, to beat a man. He always wants to beat a man, and I think I think before this, prior to him playing striker, I think he was a winger. And then you look at Broya, for example. I remember watching Broya for Fulham, like against Fulham, sorry. And one of the first things I clocked with Broya was that. He can run the channels. Don't get me wrong. He he's not. He he does he does do a few things that Jackson does as well. But there's times when you watch Broyer and you'll think to yourself, "All right, cool. You can see that he's a striker because he's he's kind of like just sometimes strikers they just hang about, they wait. Do you know what I mean? They wait for the ball to come to them. They try and stand stand still a little bit, stay central, try and like you know anticipate where when that ball is going to be coming into the areas and that. Whereas with Jackson. I'm I'm just not seeing enough of those things at the moment. And I was optimistic about Jackson because in preseason, I felt like I was seeing some of those traits. I was seeing his determination to make runs. I was seeing the first time finishes. Remember that Newcastle goal that he scored? He didn't take no touch. Ball came through, he just finished it. Like one touch. And that that that's when I thought, oh, you know what? He might actually be he might actually be a striker that is, you know, what we've been looking for. But Brighton goal as well. Yeah, the Brighton goal as well. Again, doesn't think about it. Like, what does he take? Does he even take a touch? Like, I think he... Yeah, yeah, he takes a couple touches and he puts it top bins. And it's like... So when people say, oh, why did you get excited about him? It's because when you watch pre-season, you see traits of a player and you think to yourself, all right, cool. That is what... If you do that consistently, then even if you don't bang the numbers, if you don't get the numbers, but if you're doing that kind of stuff, you're getting through on goal and you're just hitting it. that's, That's good enough. That's... You keep doing that, you you'll get something. Do you get what I'm saying? But Jackson now he's not doing that. He's get he's getting the ball. He's taking too many touches. He's he's looking for players to link up with more than actually focusing on actually trying to kill the keeper or score a goal. Do you know what I mean? Like these that that strikers don't care about other players when they're in that box, bro. They don't. But he you know is also mean? playing as someone that has no confidence. Yeah, like, I even also the- think as well. Like he's. Nah, uh, I don't agree with that. I don't, agree. I don't think I don't think Jackson's playing without confidence, but I think in front of goal, everything outside of the box is confident. No, but Alexis, it's not. It's not that. It's it's not his confidence, bro. That's the, that's what I'm trying to say. Is his is is how he is. I just think it's like, yeah. I, I just think this is just him because so going what, into you the think a, a bro, like Broya takes that half volley. I'm, yeah, I'm but this, this is what I'm saying. But th- yeah, this is the thing. Broya has the striker instinct. I don't think Jackson does have that instinct. You know what I'm saying Jackson. He likes to play with his food. He likes to facilitate. He likes to dribble. He likes to beat players. You know what I'm saying? Breuer is not about problem. that. Just, Breuer likes to shoot on sight. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it was confidence thing because going into the game, he was he had scored four goals in his last two. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, that Breuer against bro- Manchester City as well. Yeah. That's a big thing. Like, I don't think it was really confidence. I just think this is just saying. We've seen it a couple of times. Like, yeah. he's over-dribbled. Even the, the, the earlier games in the season, um, like against Forest. I remember just bad times on the counter attack. He's over dribbled. Like this is just this is a consistent. He, he, bro, he did it in the Newcastle game. He was yeah. That's what I'm saying. This, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This this this, this is just him. Like confident yeah. action or not, this is what you're gonna get. And we either ride with it or we don't. 
Because if you look at the Broja chance, yeah, for example, you know the, the penalty that we got for City, right? The reason why Broja gets that penalty, and he spoke about it as well in a clip, I don't know, you can go and watch it, I think it's with the secret scout. But um, uh, he, he chops Diaz because all he's thinking about is how to get a shot off. Do you get what I mean? Like in terms yeah. of like like his yeah. his his mindset is it's always like how do I get a shot off? How do I get a shot off? How do, like that's all that's all he's trying to do. But with Jackson, I don't necessarily think that the touches he takes are always to 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 try and get a shot off. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like he's taking touches to try and beat a man, and you know, like try and <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to do sometimes, but it's it, it is definitely way too much at times and. Yeah, he's going to need... I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I said a few weeks ago that he'll make it very easy for Pochettino to start playing Nkunku up top mm. if if he carries on playing. I actually forgot about that guy, you know. Flip. Yeah. Yeah, but bro, he, he, he don't play for us. I keep forgetting bro. about him. Like, <laughs> he don't play for us. Like, the other day, I forgot to put him and Lavia in. I was like, yeah, they're not Chelsea players. Like, until I see you in a blue top, then you're not a blue player for us. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I said to be fair, I said this on the pod a few weeks ago and I haven't changed. I think when Nkuku comes in, he should go up top. Yeah. I think I think it's yeah. worth trying to experiment. It will be harsh on Borough, don't get me wrong, because I don't think Borough has really been given a sniff, to be honest with you. Um, and he does he probably does deserve a chance given like what I what I feel like he can do. Yeah. But if you're gonna fit in Kunku anywhere, it probably makes him unless Gallagher continues playing like he did on Saturday, then you can throw in Kunku in the number 10 position or off the left. Hey, but listen, there's two players coming back, brother. There's Sorry? two players going back, brother. <laughs> yeah. There's like, two players coming back. So, so yeah, yeah, but if 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 Gallagher carries reverts back to how he has been playing for the most part of the season, then you probably play in Concord top to be honest. Like Jackson, oh god, you're not you need to give the manager a reason not to drop you. And I just feel like on top of that, you're always getting booked. How do you have seven bookings as a striker? Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like it's too much. Like you're you're not you're not making it hard for Poch, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the fact that you didn't lend that shot was despicable. That really, really was. I saw that and I was just like, yeah. But I guess I want to ask you guys. Oh, I've kind of answered it to be fair within Kunku. Um, I was going to ask you guys what the solution was. So are we all in agreement that Kunku should go up top, or are you looking to sign another striker in January? It looks like Tony's heading for Arsenal. To be honest with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd be quite happy with seeing. Um... And Kunku up top. I, I just think the whole money thing, getting another striker. Don't get me wrong, the, the buying a striker thing could work out, but um, like you don't even know if Nkunku's the guy that. What if Nkunku comes in, bangs ten, like ten in ten in eight or some shit? Like you know, I'm not. I know it sounds mad, but we've seen it happen with players before, innit? it? They come in, and all of a sudden it's like. That's the piece that's missing. And let's be honest, yeah, I know that Newcastle performance was bad, but this, the main problem still has been execution in the final third. And in Kunku, from what we've all seen, it doesn't look like he has that issue. Do you understand? So if, if think, some, yeah, go on. No, sorry, I was just going to say, if some of those chances are falling to Nkunku and he's going against, you know, I'd, like, I'd be surprised and Kunku starts against Luton, I'd be surprised he doesn't walk away with a brace. Yeah, I hear you. I think in Kunku, just quality wise, from what I've seen, it's just like a level above, just yeah. from just general quality. And I think he will shoot more. The only thing I'll say is in Kunku has never really played by himself up top. He's always played with someone. Yeah. If so, whether that be Werner or um 
what's this guy's name? The Leipzig striker. Paulson. Paulson. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yusuf Paulson. Um, he always kind of had someone to work with. He was he, he never really played by himself up top, so that's the only thing I'd say. That's Jackson's great out of jail free card, though. What do you mean? As in, yeah, as in, if Poch don't want to change too much, what he'll do is he'll put Sterling right, he'll put Nkunku left, maybe, and then he could either go a little bit more attacking and play Palmer in the 10 and then play Jackson up top. And the only reason he'll do that is because he'll remember the link-up that they maybe had in pre-season and he'll, he'll be willing to give them a chance. Mm, That's yeah. the only just... thing they've got. That's the only thing they've got. If that don't work after a couple games and Jackson has stinkers, he'll be dropped, in my opinion. Yeah, I also think that, like, Broya is going to have an opportunity because of the way Poch spoke about him. And when Poch has given him an opportunity, Broya hasn't let him down so far. So I wouldn't be surprised, like, if Broya... Plus, Broya looked very... Like, I know it's a small sample size because there's only two games. Like, the Fulham game, his hold-up was decent. Like, I think he he brought others into play. He was strong. He looks like he's put sides on as well. So he doesn't get moved off the ball as easily. It's going to be interesting. But for me, I wouldn't play uh, Nkunku number nine. I don't like the idea of it. Um, I didn't okay. like it too much in preseason. I would go off Neither the left. Neither did I, to be honest. Neither did I'd I. go off the left. Um, yeah. And everything I've ever seen of Nkunku, he drifts to the left anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's always drifting. So we're just going to complain in like we were when we had Havertz there where, oh, <laughs> we've got no central striker. I just think we've got two strikers right out till January and then see if, if Sterling and Nkunku from wide are putting up numbers enough for us to supplement like the goals till the end of the season. Yeah. Because, like, we're, we're going to have two shooters technically, yeah. like on paper, proven shooters as well in Sterling and Nkunku. The thing is, Poch is going to need to be ballsy, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. L- listen, eh, like, um, there's a lot of managers that if they had Nkunku, Sterling, Palmer, and and a striker, they play them all in it. They'll play four. They'll play all four of them. Can you imagine if we had Ainge? Like, if they were in another world, they went for Ainge. That's definitely <laughs> the, the the like you you're getting those three and number nine. Because I just I, I, don't, think I, I don't I don't think Poch is too. Far off, Ange, to be honest with you. I don't know if you really don't agree, but I've seen times this season where we've played stuff similar to Spurs. Yeah, no, I don't I don't even think he's defensive. I just think yeah, I don't I think, think he'll be ballsy in a way where yeah. he's got to make some tough decisions in midfield. So, like if he decides to play two midfielders that are that are pr- like more defensive, because they naturally would be if you're gonna play four attackers, right? So he's gonna have two midfielders to choose from. I mean, he's going to have two places for pretty much four midfielders. He's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be ballsy from him, bro, because does he play the two most expensive midfielders in Enzo and Caicedo? Does he play Lavia and Caicedo? Does he play Lavia and Enzo? Does he play Gallagher, who's been, you know, decent for him all season? Do you see what I'm saying? But can't really play in the double pivot like that. Can't really play there. I, I actually agree with Alexis. I don't think Nkunku... I think Nkunku's best off the left. Yeah, I agree. Um, but Jackson, Jackson's just giving this guy a problem. Do you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like, it's literally that. It's literally that. So, like, it's like, what do you do kind of thing? Like, uh, I, I would be willing to give Breuer a chance. I think with Breuer, I think the Burnley game finished him because he had 45 minutes where he, he basically couldn't do anything. 
Um, he didn't get the ball essentially, and then Jackson came on and scored. Oh, um, Newcastle, you mean? No, Burnley, Burnley. Burnley? Burnley away, yeah. Don't you guys remember Burnley? Burnley yeah, because he played well at Fulham and then Burnley, he got yeah. the start and got injured. Yeah, did he get injured? Yeah, yeah he no, got I taken off because he was injured. Yeah, oh, I didn't realize it was because of the injury, I thought it was just he got taken off just because he just wanted to change it. No, no, he but, missed the international break after, right? Okay. Fair enough then. Because I remember Jackson coming on and scoring and then I was like, yeah, Brewer's not starting again for a while. Um, oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what I thought it was. But yeah, I can't, I don't know, I can't really see him getting, getting a sustained run in the team. So he should probably look to cut as well as, um, what's the other youth's name? Matson. Yeah, Matson. <laughs> it's worth looking to cut, um, to be honest. And Madweke as well. But, um, yeah, I think I think and the the thing is playing Palmer in the term as well is is decent because you know Palmer's going to get into the box. So yeah. again, you're solving the problem again. And I think you guys said before we start recording that we have a goal scoring issue. I don't think we do. To be honest, I think Sterling's got six. I think let me check. I'll check now. Um, I know Jackson has. Six. Oh, they've been shooting in in recent games. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but um, the thing is, they're the only ones scoring. Look, like before, we were complaining that our forwards aren't scoring. I, mm. I kind of feel like the midfield or the defense, like no team is inefficient from corners the way we are. I, I just feel like we should give the ball back and go back into our position. Like we've scored two <laughs> goals. Considering how many corners we get, we don't pose any threat, which is really mm. worrying, man. I think like, there was one game this season where we had like six or seven corners. And I think, um, yeah, we didn't we didn't do anything from I, I have to go back and look back. Both and it's both ends as well, by the way. It's like scoring, yeah. scoring from corners and free kicks, and and conceding from corners and free kicks. Goodness me! It's like if you can't do, if you're not doing one, and you're and you're conceding shitloads in the other, like it's recipe for disaster, man. Because oh, mate, <laughs> if the numbers low, we're lucky in it. Because really, I don't remember too many. The thing That's is, a lot of them aren't even directly from a corner. It's a corner comes in or a short okay. corner and they shift it and then they score. Or it's a free kick where they shift it and then they score. We switch off when teams take it quickly. It's I like, you know what? To be fair, let me be clear though as well. It's not just free kicks and corners. It's um, it's just crosses like, like, generally. Yeah. Like, I think the way we... I think it's more crosses. Yeah, yeah the way we set up generally for, for good deliveries the into the box is just... Yeah. You know, it's it's insane to me. Like I think sometimes we defend all right, but I don't know. Like, I've seen so many um, so many instances where even if it doesn't end up a goal, the the, the mismatches are crazy. Like it's like the guys, certain guys are marking people they shouldn't be marking. So it's like I don't know if we're doing like are we doing zonal marking because that's what it seems like. Like it doesn't really seem like it's man to man it kind of seems like it's more zonal and like we're just trying to defend areas and we just end up making a mess of it a lot of the time. So, yeah, that stuff will have to improve a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, let's, let's finish up um, just talking about the Bowley like, strategy because obviously we were linked with um, another under-22 midfielder, like the sixth one we've clearly been linked with. Um but I think, to my understanding, the move didn't go through. So, yeah, what, what do you guys think of this strategy that Bodhi's doing? Because it's just, it's too scattergun for me, in my opinion. And too much change, too much recycling players. Yeah, there's not enough of a, there's not enough measuredness to what they're doing. So, yeah, what do you guys think? 
Um, for me, yeah, for me, it's like, like let's just look at the centre midfielders that have arrived since Bowley's era. We've got Enzo and Caicedo that are both 100 million plus. We got Lavia, which is 63 million. Then we got Carney and Ogachoko. Carney's 20 or like in and around 20. Ogachoko's 25, potentially rising to 30. You also got Santos and Quesadilla. I don't know how to pronounce his name. So you've essentially signed, I think it was seven or eight players. Two of them, you're definitely going to make a profit on in Santos and Casadilla, just purely based on the fact that since they've been, they've performed in international tournaments, they're getting first-team experience. Else, well, Casadilla is getting first-team experience, and Santos's reputation is really high for what he's done at international tournaments. I don't see the profit in like signing an Ogachoko if you go and get another... 17 year old who you're willing to pay 25 million for because when you flip him in two years time if he hasn't played enough minutes who's going to justify paying 40 million for him to make it worth your while who's going to justify paying 35 million for him or even what you paid because it's not like he's been developing he's been training and when lavia comes his minutes are going to get even lower and with the loan regulations that are in place i think he can only loan seven abroad so like this whole multi-club system with, oh, we'll send him to Strasbourg. You can only send two to Strasbourg a season, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm really confused with what they're doing. Like on paper, it sounds great, but the practicality will be, I think is going to be harder to implement than they, they initially thought. Um, Jay, what's your thought? No, I think like at the beginning with the owners, right? Like I was a little bit more lenient with a lot, a lot of what they were doing compared to like um, some of the other people in our group and stuff like that. Like I know, like I know Mead straight away, like kind of, he went for them straight away saying, yo, this ain't going to work. And, you know, so far they're kind of proving him right. Do you know what I mean? Like there's been a lot of change, like Shem uh, just said. Um, and they haven't really, like they've spoken about stability and, you know, consistency and all this kind of stuff. But like, you know, your, your plan in terms of trying to get there it's very, it's very disruptive. Do you know what I mean? Like the thing with signing a lot of players and, and listen, you can do it once. Right. So I was cool with the whole, you know, they want to get rid of this bunch and they want to bring in this bunch. I was okay with it personally, because if that's what your plan is and that's what you're going to stick to, then cool. But now you're, you're trying to add on top of that group. And this is where I start to feel uncomfortable because I can accept that you have a you kind of have a vision for your group of midfielders and these are the guys you want to work with in the future and, and this is who you've put your hat on. Cool, no problem. But then you start adding more and adding more and adding more. And even with the striker thing, it's the same thing. You've you you've given Broer an extension, you've signed Jackson, now you're talking about 100 mil for, for Osiman. So it's like the, the I, I just don't know how they're thinking about things because was like was Jackson necessary then? Do you know what I mean? Like you lot rushed to do that. Was it impulse? Was it like more of like an impulse move rather than rather than you know take the L, wait, and see how it goes? Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, or you just signed the striker that you really want to get from the beginning, maybe a more experienced striker or whatever. Do you get what I'm saying? You you don't just go and sign Jackson just for the sake of it. Because like this looks silly now. Like, what's it going to look like with Jackson now? You're going to go sign a £100 million um, striker 
people are like, oh yeah, Jackson can be the backup, bro. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't got, have an issue with Jackson being the backup. My no, issue there is... Got, with... The issue is, though, you've got Broly right there. Yeah, you've that's the issue. Right there, and then you've still got Nkunku there as well. Like, like the, the amount of options that they have in, in areas of the pitch right now, they cannot be adding to, to it. They shouldn't be adding to anything. Like it's literally, centre back issue, right? Yeah, it's, it's the same. All, exactly, it's a, it's exactly centre back issue. You you gave Trevor seven year deal. Six months later, Trevor's on his way out, and your your solution is instead of saying okay, Bashir Humphreys, you can be fourth choice centre back next year. It's let's go get Mark Wahey or the sporting defender. I don't know his name. Um, exactly. So it makes no sense to me because Fofana's on his way back. <laughs> like, unless you've already... And you just got the sassy for 40 million. Like, the whole struct... It really f- feels like there's four or five people in a room and then it's like, okay, I want one of my signings. Jay, you're going to get one of your signings. And we won't collaborate on what positions we're going to get these signings on. It's just you get your guy, I'll get my guy, and everyone's happy. This is, this is what I'm saying. And, and that's where it becomes worrying. You think Jeff got a seven-year deal, by the way. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> like I just Wait, think... didn't get a seven-year deal. No, nah, you got an extension though, but um, I don't know how long it was. Yeah, yeah, I believe you got an extension. I, I can double check that though, but I, I'm pretty yeah. sure it wasn't seven years. But yeah, but, like the, yeah, the but the centre back thing, like we said, like remember, it's not just any centre backs in terms of like we've got a couple twenty-eight year olds and a couple twenty-two year olds. We've got like four guys under twenty-five. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, Shems, six-year deal. Six-year deal. Was it a six-year extension? Yeah, yeah. Trevor signed well, six-year they, they locked up Trevor and Broyer early. What year was that? Uh, um, I've got the article. Yeah, I've just oh. I've literally Googled it. Chalabug, can't, can't I actually remember that, you know, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the centre-back situation is a hot mess. I said it. I said it when we signed Buddy Shaw in January. I was like, and look at, look at and, and, and Shems, look at what they're doing now, yeah? So, you know, after Silva had that game, right? Um, against Newcastle, they've they've come out with articles. Oh, is it time for him to hang up his boots? Is it time for this? Is it time for that? And the thing is, like, I yeah. get it. Yeah. I get it. They're questioning Silver, yeah, because you know they want someone to blame, and and he's thirty nine, and it's easy to kind of say now, well, you know, easy, he's, yeah, yeah, he's I over his head. With Silver, it's always easy because of his age. But when yeah. you at, when you look at the reality of it, Silver's had. In, you can count on one hand how many bad games he's had in the four years he's been in the Premier League. Three years, yeah, yeah, bro. And 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 what they're doing now is they're, they're they're trying to say. And the thing is, I don't mind if your opinion is we need to get rid of Silva because we need to start, you know, yeah, uh, building. But don't tell me he's not been good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it. So it's like at that point. Yeah, yeah. And and I'll be honest as well. I think a lot of the journalists that are writing it. There's a lot of like narrative, oh, Levi Colwell should be developing in that position. And even if Poch takes him out and say, for example, he goes with Desassi and Badi Ashile and Colwell continues to be at left back, I think it's only a matter of time until Desassi or Badi Ashile start becoming the scapegoat. Because I think there's a certain narrative of certain players have to play because the like journalists like them, and we all know how the industry works, right? Some people have contacts in the industry who are more vocal. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, British players are very heavily defended in this country. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if Colwell, like, if there's a narrative to get Colwell in right before the Euros. I actually like what's happening with Colwell. He's almost earning his, like, yeah. his position and he's developing slowly without being the main guy from the outset where we're going to like pinpoint, is he the perfect centre-half? Yeah. So I like Silva. I think I'm in the it, same camp as you. It sounds weird, but I'll, I'm, I'm kind of happy that Colwell was dropped a little bit just to show that, you know, like... Yeah, still... it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not yeah, going to yeah, get... Yeah. It's not going to be easy for you to just come in and, and play every game. You've got to be up to standard kind of thing. Yeah, um, fact... but, but yeah, I, I, I personally... I think the Sarsi and Vadishile in the same squad is... For me, it's a, it's, a, it's a real mess. It's a mess. Like, why have we done that? Like, I couldn't understand the signing of either of the two because I didn't feel like we needed either of them, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I can only see... I, I don't think silver going would be enough. I think one more will have to go, and I think that will either be the Sarsi or Badishili, if I'm being honest with you. With nobody coming in as well. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, wait, 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 hold on. Once everyone... So, imagine the uh, Sarsi and Silva go. Who are we left with at that moment in time? If the Sarsi and Silva go, then you're left with Badishil, Kowal, Fofana. Fofana and, ba- and Bashir Humphreys, potentially, as an emergency. Yeah, obviously, we're saying Trevor's going to go, right? As well. Yeah, yeah, Trevor. Trevor's basically gone. Yeah, so I, and I, I'm, I can't see... But is three centre-halves enough? Pro- it's probably not, to be fair. You probably need four. But... Not with Wes. Huh? Not with Wes. I would yeah, say like... you need I would say you need three established and one one youngster. It's fine. But we've got like five out and out first teamers. Yeah, I think I think if 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 the owners show this like we're gonna show like it's good that you asked the question, Shems, about that their their um their whole policy and everything because we're about to find out. I feel like in January we're definitely gonna find out exactly where we're going. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot in January because I think yeah there's a lot there's a lot to do in terms of obviously the the attackers in terms of how they how they want to form that I think what they do in January is going to have a lot to say about that and I also think if they've got an opportunity to get rid of players they'll get rid of players if they leave it at that and they let the squad just settle then they might have some sense if they get rid of players and they just bring a whole you know, and they just try and sign three or four more, then yeah, I, I'm not really going to have faith in them trying to get the this. The problem is, nothing suggests that they're not going to sign players because that's what they've got. <laughs> if, yeah, if anything, the, like the papers coming out this week saying Chelsea are going to be looking for three three or four players with departures in right. is uh, Like for me, their safe money goes on that. It's, sorry, with who? With, with departures imminent. Oh, sorry. So, sorry, like, sorry. yeah. But for me, like, all the news is coming out that Nonny's going to be leaving. You signed Nonny 12 months ago. Why did you sign Nonny? Like, I don't understand. Like, you just got Mudrick. That was, like, a waste of money, in my opinion. Because there's no way he's worth the $35 million that you signed him for at the moment. You might make it. Yeah, like, who's going to pay $35 million? No, but it's I not think, his think, fault. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think it's a lack of opportunity. I think the only person that really gave him opportunity was... Lampard, Frank. really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank Lampard was the only one that really gave him opportunity. Um, I don't think we struggled to sell him. Um, I think alone probably makes the most sense. I knew when Cole Palmer came that he would be in trouble. Um, yeah. but it was part of also part of the reason why I wasn't sure why I was signing Palmer. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like I said, it, it all just the owners are just hell bent on, you know, adding and adding from what it looks like. And yeah. do you think it's they're gonna stick with much? 
Yeah, I'd stick with him. I don't, I don't, I don't. No, no, no. Do don't. you think they'll stick with Poch? Oh, I think they will stick with him. I, yeah, I think they will. Simply because, you know, the, I keep saying this, but um, they they didn't sack Potter for ages. Potter didn't get the okay. sack till April. It's a long time, you know. Bring back my boy, man. Bring back <laughs> my boy. Considering how bad we were playing, you didn't get sacked until, was it April? Sure. He's going United, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, like, um, yeah, I, I agree with Shemza. I think, I think they will stick with him. I think they've seen there's been some good signs, man. Like, I don't want this Newcastle. I've tried not to let this Newcastle result try and you know get me down in the dumps. Like, a lot of Chelsea fans, I, obviously, I get why because we're still 10th, we're still not winning. So, like, it's not good. It's not like it's all sunshine, it's not at all. But at the same time, there's going to be a point where we need to go through the shit. I keep telling, man. They tried to run last season, and rightfully so, they, they sacked Potter. But they weren't trying to hear about the patience thing. They were adamant that that weren't going to be a thing. And I'm telling you, man, from now. It's gonna Potter deserves no patience, sorry. Nah, no. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I said rightfully so, they sacked him. But I'm saying that doesn't mean that the patience thing is, is, is a, you know, like... I think man got excited and saw them sack Potter and said, yeah, we're not going to have to wait. Nah, brother, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> you're going to have to wait. Like, you keep trying to cut corners and trying to run from things, you're going to have to wait. Yeah, I like, think Poch will have to get some wins, though, man. Four wins from 13 is horrible reading. Like He will. He will. But like yeah. I said, again, you know, the thing is, yeah, they've put themselves in such a situation. And again, it comes back to Shem's question about the policy, right? Their policy does not allow them, or it, no, it, it, they can do whatever they want, right? But really, realistically, their transfer policy has got them in a situation where if they sack a manager again and hire another manager, they're just going to go round and round in circles, bro. Because they ain't got yes. the squad for it. You can't do an Abraham Grant with this squad, with this squad, bro. You can't do a Di Matteo. You understand? Mm. You just can't. So you got to build something. You got to build something, and you got to stick to it, and you got to believe in it. If you don't do those things. In my opinion, you're just going to go backwards and you'll go lower in the table and you'll sell more players and you'll buy new ones and eventually you run out of money and then you'll be in administration and then we'll be in in championship. So like, <laughs> you can't like just, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell Chelsea fans, but the reality of it is this transfer policy, it doesn't have us in situations that we've been in in the past where we can just hire any manager and just go off and end up top three and win a trophy. The squad won't allow you to do that, in my opinion. I wholeheartedly agree, and I think yeah. Oh, what a goal! What a goal, bro! I was gonna say that. that's I the best agree. goal again, and I think that would be a good place to leave the pod. We <laughs> were stooping towards the end. I can't lie. That that little that little run that ended up in the championship. I was like, <laughs> but no, yo, I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree, and I think um. We weren't yeah, up there, we'll, but we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll definitely, I can see us definitely discussing this more um, come yeah, December man. time, come January, yeah. when um, you know the Christmas pictures, Christmas pictures over, and um, you know, yeah, we'll see what we'll see where we're at. Bro, but we yeah. can end like we can end twenty twenty three in such a good position. Like if yeah. those these next seven games, right? Twenty one points on the cards, isn't it? There's twenty one points on the cards, right? Twenty one points. I mean, yeah, like, next seven. Can we secure games. that. All guys, of a sudden, guys, 21 points. Anyone that made it this far, yeah, we need to <laughs> we have a little bit. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> we're not finishing any higher than seventh. 
I'll put on record. I'll take it. I'll take I'll it. I'll take it as well. That's put confidence put leading. Put our record, yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Sports Social Podcast Network.